0: and welcome to Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am fresh off my trip to Jersey. I am feeling um, the love and the excitement, and I'm also excited that I have a major Bruce fan joining me now. Uh, Brandon, why don't you introduce
1: yourself? Sure. Uh, how's it going, everyone? First of all, it's an honor to be on this program with Jesse. I've, I've listened to the episodes in the past, he's done a great job. But my name's Brandon Thompson. I, uh, I run the Bruce Springsteen blog called Blog It All Night. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and uh, discussing uh, Bruce with Jesse, especially since he was just at the one Jersey show I didn't attend. So, I'm really interested to see you know, our different perspectives. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on, Jesse. I appreciate it.
0: Oh yeah. No problem. Um, yeah, we're going to get to that and we'll discuss, I want to hear more about the blog, but I I always like to start out with the origin story. So Brandon, talk about growing up, tell me what kind of music the family listened to, what kind of music you listened to, you know, in our formative high school years. And let's go from there to start out with.
1: Right, absolutely, yeah. Well, first of all, it's coming a surprise to I'm only 23 years old, so I don't have a ton of experience uh, with a lot of different music. But uh, growing up, I would just listen to classic rock. You know, it would always be on my dad's truck when we would go out. Uh, you know, wherever we were going, it would always be on. But I kind of found Bruce on my own. Uh, I believe, actually, the first time I got in or I saw him or heard him, I should say, was uh, when he was playing My City of Ruins. I, I believe it was just him on the guitar on, today's show or something in the morning i remember i was later that day in the mall my local mall here i just uh kept having my head come on rise up come on rise up so i guess that's really where i started uh really getting into bruce and trying one to dive deeper into his catalog but really uh really it's classic rock uh my entire life really haven't done anything more than that i'm starting now getting the country a little bit but uh but yeah bruce is definitely by far my number one choice and uh I'm sure it will stay that way for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh,
0: so was your parents into Bruce or? Yeah, they,
1: they were into him, uh, but they, you know, they weren't like mega fans like I am.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: um, but yeah, I, we, my mom just had the TV on and he happened to come on the TV and I was just drawn in ever since. So, uh, so yeah, it wasn't like the parents just said, like, oh, you're going to like it. You know, we want to take it to the show. So I guess it's kind of different that I didn't inherit the love for Bruce, I kind of found it on my own, which is kind of cool, uh, I think, all for, for myself.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree, Brandon, because, you know, at times the music that your parents push on you, you either embrace it, you know, as right. a kid or you rebel against it. Uh, right, exactly. There's a lot of people that believe, um, you know, like Pin Gillette from Penn & Teller is a firm believer that kids should not want to hear the classic rock. They shouldn't want to hear the Ramones or the things that he grew up. He thinks they should find Mm -hmm. their own music. Um, Right. So it's kind of fun. You found Bruce, and um, so this must have been about during The Rising, right? About 2002?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was about 2002, I think, is one. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think uh, right around the area, the first tour I went on was The Rising Tour in 2003. I called him in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, when he opened up our football stadium over here, so yeah, it was
0: probably right around that time. Two thousand two is when I uh,
1: first discovered him.
0: Interesting. Did um, and were you were you really interested and engaged before you saw him live? I mean, had you already gotten that Springsteen bug, or did it really become full fledged when you saw him live?
1: Yeah, I think it's when you know you went to that concert, you wanted to go. You know, there. I think it was the middle show of three. So there was three shows. I went to the second one, and I really wanted to go to the third one, but, uh, but my parents couldn't go. So, of course, me only being, like, what, 12 at the time, I couldn't go on my own. But, yeah, I think yeah. once you see him live, that's what I tell all my friends now that they never seen him. So once you see him live, you know, you're going to catch that bug, like you said, and you're going to want to keep going and exploring further his catalog, going to the deeper, rarer material. So, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think once you see him live, that's what really uh, drags a lot of
0: people in. Yeah, I you know, we say this a lot on the podcast, but two kinds of people. The people that see him and go, Oh, that was an interesting show. Wow, that was long or and then the others <laughs> are oh my goodness, I want to sell everything I have and go see him over and over again.
1: All over, right, exactly. Yeah. That's how I would say to him now too. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um so, Brandon, I, and I've always put this qualifier the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan right. you are, but it is just kind I of a measure stick. How many times have you seen him?
1: Well, after next week, after the two Philadelphia shows, I believe it will be uh, 20 evens. Oh, nice. Uh, is right. Yeah. So I, I've been making my rounds the past few years where I've started gain my own money. I've been able to travel a little more and more with my good friend Evan, who's a also, about the same age as me, a huge Bruce fan. We discovered that in high school. I didn't know that all about him, but yeah. So we're starting to travel, you know, outside the New Jersey boundaries and see him a little more uh, in different kinds of places. So, uh, so yeah. Hopefully, the number keeps going up over the years. Uh, you know, we can only keep those fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. What? Where? Where do you call home?
1: Uh, I'm in South Jersey, so I'm in a town called oh. Moorestown.
0: Okay. Uh, it's right near Cherry Hill. It's about 25 minutes away from Philadelphia.
1: Uh, see, so yeah, I've been here my entire life.
0: Okay. Very nice. Uh, 20, nice round number. You know, that's good. Right, yeah.
1: (laughs) Wish I could make it more. uh, Oh, yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) I've, you know, I've talked about this before that I'm one of the few people, and I'm sure all Bruce fans are like that, that when I daydream about time travel, I'm like, how cool would it be to go back to – I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which was about three hours from Houston. Um, You know, in the 70s, I graduated high school in 77, you know, how cool would it have been to see those Houston shows that, you know, people were embracing him and he was starting to feel that energy? Uh, That would be so cool.
1: Oh, yeah, no, we said it all the time. I was just talking about that with someone uh, this past Tuesday at the MetLife shows that, you know, if only us young people, he was also, I think, 22 at the time. Uh, you know, if we could just go back in time to, you know, the river tour, the darks on the edge of town tour, yeah. just to go back to those shows, what we would give up to go back just to see, you know, the band at that point in time would have been,
0: you know, absolutely incredible. So hopefully <laughs>
1: one day a yeah. time stream comes along and the people down the road <laughs> can yeah. come back in time. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, and it's it's been kind of fun having the official show releases. On his, you know, through his catalog, so you do get to hear um, a clean sound and a side of the different right. uh, ages of his career. Um, I'm curious if he's going to do, um, you know, a release of the other band. Um, you know,
1: oh, right, 92, yeah,
0: 93. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Um, they just announced today that they're offering a special discount, right, for the three right. um, MetLife stadium shows, all three, right. or three or four dollars less than what you would normally play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on my wish list, and I don't think this is going to happen, but I wish they would um, I wish they had filmed them and then released them as a Blu-ray, kind of a oh, I do scent, Um because it all three nights had their own share of magic.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, no about
1: that, yeah.
0: Which nights did you attend?
1: I was at nights one and three, so we missed okay. each other. The second yeah. night, oh, I right. oh up with me. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah, and I, I was there night two. Um, so, we'll get to some more, sp- more general terms, but I thought it'd be kind of interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in Dallas on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday night, and I'm seeing the set list, and I'm going, oh my goodness! Right, I? That's
1: the same thing I said. he you playing it, yep. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: did did I pick the wrong night? You know, did I did I Judge? You know, is he going to use up all the magic? Um, so that would have been your eighteenth show, I guess, if I do my math right. right. Mm-hmm. What were you right. thinking when you were sitting there and hearing him start and doing this?
1: Um, we, we all kind of just looked at each other and said, well, you know, what is going on? Because it's, it's something, you know, I don't think he played a River song until about song like 18 of that night. It was, you know, it was like completely different ways of doing the rest of the tour. And, you know, he had all the rarities like Incident 57th Street and the Rosalita. You know, he had New York Serenade, New York City Serenade to open up, of course. Uh, of course, he had the Greetings from Asbury Park. I think he played three or four songs that were all on that album as well. So it was kind of just like, you know, like, what's he going to do next? He kind of doesn't have any idea of what was going to come, which, you know, I really appreciate at Springsteen show. Uh, so it was nice to see that come back. And, uh, you know, everyone, I think, in the pit was kind of just like shell-shocked of what was going on that night. Uh, so, yeah, it was just an unbelievable experience. And, of course, any Springsteen show is like that. But just to have, you know, those kinds of rarities come out uh, all in one show was uh, pretty incredible to see.
0: It really was. Uh, Brandon, now, had you seen any of the shows on the original leg of the River Tour where he was doing I did. Okay.
1: Yeah, I saw two of them. I was at the Philadelphia one, and then I went, uh, I believe it was two months later, to Baltimore. I really loved that because the River is one of my favorite albums. It's mm-hmm. probably number two uh, on the list, though. it was really a, a treat, really, to see that two times over and over again. Uh, So, yeah, I I was at two of them on the first one.
0: Because I was curious about that. Um, You know, I've had a couple of really big fans, you know, share with me, like, I'm glad I saw it, but I wouldn't know if I wouldn't want to go see it again, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, I think two was the limit for me, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so I ended up seeing him four times. Um, Yeah, I I, uh, my wife, um, I flew to Pittsburgh. And then my wife bought me a ticket to Louisville for a Christmas present because she wanted me to go more than twice. And then on the second leg, when he was going to perform in Dallas and Oklahoma City, you know, I ended up getting both tickets. And I, I enjoyed it. You know, the songs I don't particularly care for. I didn't particularly care for, you know, (laughs) whether it was the first time or the fourth time. And the one that I really liked, I liked a lot, too. Um, Right. And it was interesting, just the dynamic. And, you know, I'll ask you if you have a feeling. um, I believe that the band is really aware of their um, mortality. And they mm-hmm. know that there are only a select few times left, whether that's be, you know, five years, ten years, twenty years, that they're gonna have a chance to keep performing together. Right. And that's one of the reasons why they're such a they seem to be just so happy on stage.
1: I'll say, yeah, I I noticed that too, this particular tour, that, you know, everyone just seems to be loving every single night, you know, it's not like I, I don't. I don't want to say that they didn't do that in the past. It just there was something about it. I don't know if you have, if no one's seen this tour. I don't know if you can really experience it over, you know, like reading it. I think you really have to go to a show and see it. Is there something different about it? I don't know if it's because it's just the Corey Drew band again. There's no horns, there's no backup singers. I don't know what it is. There's just some sort of magic that you're seeing with them right now that you know you ha- you haven't really seen in the past. Although maybe like on the uh, Wrecking Ball or High Hopes tour. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but there's just something that sounds different about them and the, the way that they go about playing their
0: show. Oh, I totally agree with you, Brandon. In fact, you know, I've been on record. I love the E Street Orchestra is what I call it. Other people call it the E yeah. Street Band on steroids. I, I love right. the backup singer and the horns and you know, mm-hmm. I loved that big sound that they had on Wrecking right. Ball and High Hopes. And so when I was going to see this, you know, I was surprised how full this core band, if you include Susie, you know, um, right. that they sounded. And
1: right, no, I hundred percent agree.
0: And it it in such a depth and a joy, um, you know, and I wasn't someone who was unhappy with Tom Morella. You know, playing. I thought that was fun, and I thought you could tell he was having a blast playing with the band. But this idea of you include Charlie, I guess, is you know taking Danny's place and Jake taking Clarence's place, and then Susie, who I have a big crush on. I just think her <laughs> violin fiddle really adds some extra stuff to it. Um, they but... just sound really good.
1: Yeah, Dante, Yeah, it, it's incredible. It really is. So it's it's almost like I I love both of them. Uh, I love yeah. the, like you said the whole horn aspect, you know, when they would do like Diane 99, how that adds like a completely different dynamic. So it's almost like there's the same band, but it's also like two two like completely different sounding bands at the same time. It was it was really, you know, pretty cool to to compare the two tours uh in that aspect. Uh so yeah, but I 100% agree with you.
0: Yeah. Now, how about with this, um, the MetLife um, Stadium shows? It, um, Allie Scales, who's been on the show and has seen over 200 shows, she said there was a feeling of reflection and nostalgia, not in a morbid way and like, you know, not quote unquote, gory days, but just a sense of. You know, I'm, my autobiography's coming out. We're back home. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, we're kind of going on a musical journey. How do you, what do you think right. of that? I, I think that's a pretty good
1: uh, summarization of the, of the shows. I think there's a thread on Backstreets on BTX where someone lists every single song they played over the three nights. And it's something crazy. I forget the number of songs that they played. Yeah. But it's something, you know, it's almost from every era of his career that he was performing on during those three shows. I think it's almost like twelve something hours of music. It's you know it's it's almost mind boggling. But I think that's a really good way to put it. That I think that he felt like you know these are the last, I guess you could say, stadium shows uh, for a while. I guess if if the E Street Band takes a little break here, so I guess they kind of wanted to come out saying you know we're we're on a we're on a roll. You know let's just come out here and put on some of the longest shows that we've ever done uh, back in our home state here in this giant stadium that's holding sixty thousand of our fans. You know, let's give them something that, you know, they'll want to appreciate and they'll look back on and reflect on years from now and say, I wish I could go back to that night. And then, of course, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. the recording's coming out that people will be able to relive it. So, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because he covered such a wide uh, part of his career, almost really every aspect, I think. I think he almost played something off every album except the most recent stuff.
0: Yeah. um, And, you know, he still did, well, he did a thing off Wrecking Ball. On the mm-hmm. second night, he did Ghost of Tom Jode with Tom Morella and 40 – Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I mean technically they're not the new songs off that, but um, um, I that's was – relate to High hope. That's right. Yeah, I, I know on the first night he did Land of Hope and Dreams, which is one of my favorite songs. Right. Um, I didn't get that on Tuesday – on Thursday, but I had never seen him do Jersey Girl and um, I'd never seen tougher than the rest, so uh, certainly not lost in the flood. Um, so it was really interesting to see this. Um, so the show ends Tuesday, and it's close to four hours. Um, right. You know what? What are you thinking when you're leaving the pit and with your buddy and talking to everyone else? What? What? What's the buzz? What are you thinking? Uh. I honestly, I was almost speechless yeah.
1: <laughs> as we were leaving. Yeah, it, it was like that amazing uh, because like you said, like you heard a bunch of songs today here. I think, uh, I don't know if you heard this website called my, my boss time.com. It's really yes.
0: cool.
1: Uh, like it keeps track of all your uh, Springsteen stats. I just pulled it up here. I have something like 10 or 12 songs that I've never heard before at, at a show during those two shows I went to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it was just, it was such an incredible. I like don't even know if I could put words to it. Uh, just see, just seeing the band, you know, enjoying themselves as much as they were and playing you know, these kind of rare tracks for their diehard fans, and then going to the Born in the USA stuff to play stuff for their, you know, I guess you could say casual fans, quote unquote. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a mix of, you know, the best of both worlds almost. You know, where you got the diehard's got Kitties Back, and you know, you got stuff from Born in the USA. You know, I'm on fire for the. Casual guys, glory days, dancing as you you know, of all the encores. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was all like I don't know if I could even put words to it. <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, well, how you can do that. Mitch Slater would probably be a good person to ask that. I'm sure he yeah. Put it, uh, some good, some good words. Um, yeah. But, it, but yeah, I, again, I was almost like speechless, leaving that. You know, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen them do.
0: You know, Brandon, way back in the dark ages. Uh, after I'd graduated from high school, like '78, '79, I was at a um, a record store. I can't even remember the name of the record store now. Um, it wasn't Bookworms Apple, uh, but Harvest Records. That was it in Louisiana. And the guy who ran it um, was telling one time about going to see Bruce in Houston. And I was not a fan back then, you know, I mm-hmm. and he talked about that they were so exhausted that they had started to leave because they thought the show was over. And he came out and was doing Born to Run and they were so exhausted they just kept walking. He oh, just, really? <laughs> just spent. They had never been to a show that much and oh jeez and i i like i can't understand that you know i mean <laughs> I, you know i I've, I've done you know i've done 3 hour shows and then a lot of the river shows were 320 330 and right. i'm always at the end i'm like more more i'm just right. this greedy you know sob like i want more and more <laughs> and um when um it ended at midnight, you know, and they had the guy, you know, and the girl get engaged, which was just amazing on Thursday. It was so sweet and it right. was very emotional and they the fireworks go off. And I'm looking and I went, you know, I'm I'm okay. Like, don't get me wrong, if he had wanted to play a couple more songs I would have been
1: <laughs> You were in the mod, right?
0: <laughs> I had that feeling of you know what I am being greedy now if I want something more this was right you know and and I think it's funny the whole debate about you know four hours was it 359 you know oh the, I know
1: people have like the exact second I'm yeah like, the
0: on. scientific <laughs> amount you know like I go look it started roughly around 80 went to midnight it's four hours close enough
1: right exactly right
0: um and I truly like I I probably would be over this in about a week, but right now, I'm like, you know, I'm good. I, I, I've loved seeing him, and it was amazing, but it's almost – I'm going out on top for this tour. This was so right. amazing. I, I just don't know. I I don't know if it could be better. Um, right. It, so how far away, like Brandon, what's the furthest you've traveled for a show?
1: Oh, oh geez. Let's see. Uh I think twenty fourteen was probably the winner in that category. category. We went out to Pittsburgh. Okay. That was I think uh five hundred miles one okay. way. And then uh then we went up to the last show, the tour in Connecticut. Okay. Um, so I I guess Pittsburgh, I think both mileage and time-wise, okay. I've been, so I think it would last about five and a half hours drive, and then we drove back that night. Oh, so wow. we were completely exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> when we got back from that show.
0: Because my, uh, but cause yeah, my question is, you've seen mostly East Coast shows, then? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, I've done, you know, Dallas. I've done Houston, Kansas City, Nashville. I've done Cleveland and Louisville. So oh, this was my first East Coast show. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, it was, and there is a difference. Um, it, it's very fascinating because all the other shows, especially uh, over the Wrecking Ball and the High Hopes, he'd end with a solo song, And then he, you know, the E Street Band loves you. Right. It was such a sincere statement. And he didn't say that. He just said, my people. Right, yeah. Yeah. And you felt that connection of this truly is, um, you know, the Bible says a prophet will never be recognized in his hometown. Um. after Jesus went back to you know Nazareth to read at the uh, temple. But um, mm-hmm. not the case in Bruce, <laughs> you know? Right. No,
1: uh, no, 100%. Yeah, like here in Jersey and even like in Philly, I know in 2012 he came out to the same thing, put his hands up and said, my people, you know, my fellow brothers and sisters. So, it's you know, it, it's a pretty cool experience. If no one's ever come up here uh, to Jersey or, you know, I think Philly, you know, they usually put on a good show there too. Um, You know, they definitely should. They should try it out. You know, it's it's quite a different experience. Although, I've I've never seen them, you know, down uh, in Kansas City or St. Louis or uh, Cleveland or
0: anything like that. So, uh,
1: hopefully, one day, though, (laughs) when I get a little more money. You know, I have to work (laughs) it out where
0: if he's coming to Texas, we'll figure out a way to, you know, if you can get down here, you know, we'll throw you on the couch and uh, you can get a different feeling. Um, So, What what was your expectation? So you're coming in Tuesday. Um, I thought Chicago was a decent show, right? You know, it was fine. Um, you know, and I think, and I want to go on the record. Any Bruce show is is epic, right? Oh, absolutely. I I you know I um, you know I have been up until this the. NCAA show he did at Dallas in the outdoor park. Right. I remember that. Yeah. He didn't even break through hours. It was two hours, 50 something minutes. And it was one of the best shows I'd ever seen. It was very hit centric because he knew his audience. But, you know, it, it was. The energy and how intimate of a crowd it was because it wasn't as big as many people had thought. And, you know, you were really close and it was just a really good show. So, just length itself doesn't make a great show.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: But when you're going in Tuesday, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, okay, if I can just get a repeat? Or were, did you think he was gonna raise the bar a little bit?
1: I thought he was gonna raise the bar a, a tiny bit. I wasn't expecting it to be what he did. I thought he was gonna raise it a little bit, being that you know it's, it's been this is the third, third and last show here and like yeah. again stay in the whole sixty thousand something people, uh, so I thought he's gonna raise it a little bit, but not to the level he did. Uh, but again, like like you said, like any Bruce show, like I, I'll I'll take <laughs> it. It doesn't sure. matter, you know, what he's gonna play, how long he's gonna play. Like you said. You know, I'll take any show, but, but yeah, just the way that the energy that he came out with, he was smiling practically all night during that show, uh, running around the whole stadium. I mean, staying in the crowd, it seemed a lot longer than he did previously, the shows I've seen. Uh, it was, you know, truly a magical thing to see. Uh, I, I don't know if I can really explain it through words uh, how incredible it really was. You know, I think he set the bar too high for himself huh? <laughs> for the rest of the tour. Top performance like that, so uh, so we'll see. Come next week uh, when I go to those uh, two shows over in Philadelphia, right? They'll have to give you a little uh, repeat. Uh, <laughs> that would
0: be and, nice. That's uh, right, yeah. <laughs> so, because you know, Brandon, now are you more of a fan of the classic Bruce or the more modern Bruce?
1: Ooh, okay, all right. That's a that's a good one. Uh, so what, what era would you? How would you define? So
0: uh, here's what we said. I we've had a discussion once that I would be perfectly fine if he did a show where he didn't go anything before Tunnel of Love. I know that would. Oh, okay. mean, I, I know that would mean you don't get a lot of great songs, but think mm-hmm. the, the rarities you'd get.
1: Exactly. I was just before, to say, right?
0: Right. And then I had a right. guy say, and I would be perfectly happy if he went from darkness and back and didn't play anything after darkness.
1: That would be <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and I thought of that for my, the guy who saw, you know, who mentioned that because he went heavy on his first two albums on uh, Tuesday night. Right. Mm hmm. So um, it's,
1: it's, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, let me think here. As I'm, okay, that's fine. Up, I don't think. Uh, I think I've seen most of his early stuff uh, now. So I guess the actually modern editor Bruce would be kind of interesting to see almost. Cause I I missed the 2005 tour. I didn't see any shows there. So that'd be really neat to see some of the Devils and Duff stuff.
0: Oh, um, you didn't like, to see him in
1: that. I didn't see him do a solo tour. Yeah, I've never seen him by himself. So that would be. Uh, something i definitely want to see is some of the stuff off that album that's yeah. just some really good stuff on there i also missed uh the magic tour which, uh, looking back i'm like kicking myself um because yeah. that's a, that's one of my favorite albums that he's done i think i've only seen like two songs off that album so i think almost like a modern Bruce show would actually almost be nice cuz i've seen a lot of the old stuff because you know being right. in philly seeing him in jersey he plays a lot of the older stuff right so i, I think I, actually it actually would be nice and refreshing to see you know, some stuff off magic, some stuff off, you know, uh, devils and dust, and so, you know, really get a grasp for what that stuff's like live. Because I would love to hear, you know, Devil's Arcade, you know, yeah. uh, or,
0: or, you know, stuff along those lines. I uh, I, I didn't get to hear all work for your love, but I did get to see Girls in Their Summer Clothes, and you know, oh, I okay. just love that song. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, so. Let's talk about the blog now. Uh-huh. Um, first off, wonderful name. I just think <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you. I just very, rang off the top of my head. Yeah, that's yeah. very clever. <laughs> what? Tell me about why. What led you to start it, and uh, you know what? What have you found most surprising about it?
1: Uh well, I, I really started as a hobby. Really, I kind of just wanted a a place, you know, there's, of course, you have Backstreet, which is, you know, amazing site, or you have, you know, you got the set list, you have your news. I think I wanted to almost create, like, a. a, really, we're based a lot about rumors. That's where we get a lot of people that really like the blog is, you know, that we post, you know, rumors that are going around. Um, So, I I, I guess that's the thing that's really surprised me most is that that's, you know, that's how we got our main core following. Now, it's really just uh, growing from there. you know we we highlight you know the tour debuts during the the setlist so people know right. oh that's the first time that song has been played, uh, so it's it kind of surprising that you know a little hobby that I started to you know kind of just like joke around with my friends like oh you know we're gonna create this spring team site and see you know how big we can make it and then it's turned into something where I've made a lot of friends from it is uh it's pretty incredible um, but but yeah it really started like I said as a hobby and it's really just grown from there i think i started on the wrecking ball tour uh right around uh when i went to my first show on that one which was in march of 2012 yeah. uh so yeah it, it's, it's really been a fun experience and you know see it evolve from what it was to what it is now is uh it's pretty cool to see
0: yeah um you know the same kind of story on the podcast is um you know i i just got we had talking about it, and I was like, you know, I, I think it'd be fun to talk to different Bruce fans, and right. you know, and, and I'm sure other fandoms have a close-knit, I guess, you know, Deadheads and Jimmy Buffett fans and certainly Pearl right. Jam fans, mm-hmm. but there is, I'm biased, but I think there's a little something special about, you know, Bruce fans, and you seem to hear a lot of stories about people that are going through rough times and his music has helped them so much. Um, right. You know, no you retreat. Saw that definitely in the. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, well, like no retreat, no surrender. You know, is I've heard so many people that's their anthem when they're getting chemo or they're fighting, you know, an illness. Um, right. Oh, and true. go ahead. What were you, you were gonna say?
1: No, I was gonna say you saw a lot of that in that uh, documentary that they put out, Springfield and I, from like
0: yes. some of the personal stories of how. You know, Bruce
1: has helped them through a rough patch, like you were saying, or you know, really ch- turned their life around for the better. Uh, so, so, like you said, I, there almost is something different with Springsteen fans. It's almost like a community or a family. Like, I'd never forget that one story the guy told where it was a complete stranger stranger standing next to him with the pit, and he just put his arm around him and started singing with him. Like, there's almost like a brotherhood of a connection that, that you get with uh, Springsteen that a lot of bands don't seem to have uh, with their fans also.
0: I, I totally agree. And um, there's such a. You know, I've asked a lot of fans who've been here a long time, and the answer they give is both. But I've said, does he interact more with the fans now than he used to? Or do we just see it now more with social media? And people who've been going since the 70s and 80s said they mm-hmm. think it's both. They think he does more now, but. He's always done some interaction with fans and with the crowd. and they also so we see it more now that that energy he gets, whether it's you know, um, Tom jumping on, doing working on the highway, you know, um, you know, the people getting engaged, you know right um, you know, Patrick writing the note for his daughter. Please excuse them for being late from school. Was, oh right, I remember that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just amazing. Uh, so Brandon, is there any special memories or stories Bruce related either through the blog or through a show that you want to share to the listeners?
1: Um, you know, I, I with the blog I've had a great opportunity to talk to some great people. Uh I like I talked to Neil Wolfgren. I did an interview with him, and that was, you know, an experience in and of itself. Oh, know, that's to amazing. Talk, right, yeah, to have an intimate conversation with, you know, some of your idols. That's playing with your idol every single night. You know, it's it's cool to see that. I'll talk to Joe Gersheki, you know, seeing his insight on how Bruce has inspired himself and, and how he inspired Bruce. So it, it's really, you know, I've been kind of blessed almost, I guess you could say, in yeah. uh, in being able to talk with people through the blog. Uh, but really just going to the shows and, and meeting all people of all different kinds of uh, minds and mindsets and, uh, and ages, really. I mean, now you're seeing a lot more, uh, a lot younger crowd too, as Bruce shows which is always good to see. Um, you know, we need the music to carry on. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really, I think it's more of the connection with uh, your fellow Bruce fans uh, that I usually find, especially around my age. When you go to a show and you see 25 year olds, 20 year olds in the, in the pit, you know, jumping up and down, and they're all every single night. Uh, you know, I, I think Bruce feeds off that as well. Uh, you know, seeing these kinds of people like, wow, like, you know, I wrote this song 40 years ago, it's double this guy's age and he's singing every single word to it. Um, so I think it's more of the interaction that you get with people at the shows that really has spoken to me uh, in, you know, greater detail than I ever thought it would before.
0: I, I totally agree with you. Um, how about Uh, You know, you've kind of already talked a little bit. You'd love to hear some stuff from Magic, and you know, going forward. um, But is there any songs that have meant a lot to you that have a special meaning, or you know, you've kind of used to help you get through a tough time in life?
1: Oh, geez, you know, for the first time, I actually just heard the song for the first time. I think it was in Baltimore. Just this year, just a few months ago, I never heard Backstreets before that show. And that's like one of my all time favorite songs, you know, just the, the storytelling in that song is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finally got that one. Oh, good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was great to see. Um, but look, look, I'm trying to think of songs I didn't hear that, I would love to hear, um, I'm drawing a blank memory or okay. a blank, a uh, blank slate here. Uh, problem. but, but Backstreet definitely would have been there if, uh, I didn't go to Baltimore because that's still, still the only show I've seen them play uh, at. But, um, but yeah, I, I can't. Maybe uh, Devil's Arcade. That's one I've always wanted to hear. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just like a almost like a haunting song that is really. I don't know why it always resonates with me when it comes on the you know through my car through my Bluetooth that I always yeah. you know put that cranked all the way up uh, for some reason. So, I would definitely love to see that. I know my chances are extremely slim of seeing that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd probably throw that one out there because, like I said before, I've heard a lot of the other stuff, like Dark Song of the X probably my favorite song of all time. Yeah. Um, I've heard that several times. So, um, you know, I, I guess right now I'd have to say Devil's Arcade would probably be one of the songs I would kill to hear sure. him <laughs> play nowadays. Um, but yeah, like I said before, "Backstreets" probably would have been that list okay. if I didn't go to the Baltimore show.
0: And how about favorite songs? How about songs that you keep going to over and over again that mean something to you?
1: Uh, dark of the Edge of Town by far. Yeah. <laughs> That's the top song that, that I love. Uh, Backstreets, you know, uh, a, a lot of stuff like that. Thundertrack I actually really love. I think it's just a fun song to listen to. I've uh, you know, heard that a
0: few times. That is one of my, my best friends who's a big Bruce fan. That is one of his favorite songs. And um, I wanted it so bad in Jersey just so I could say – Great.
1: Right, I, I heard you. Yeah. I, I heard that episode of you, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, Sam, look. To say, way gonna... to go, was... right? Yeah. But, uh,
0: so that's hilarious. Good. Um, well, very nice. So um, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking time tonight. I know you've got to be a little tired. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have these for... marathon shows, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell me, um, tell our listeners how they can find you.
1: Uh, sure, you can. Uh, I have a Facebook page, you know, the whole nine yards. So, first of all, blogging website's bloggin night again. That's Uh I'm on Twitter. That's probably where I'm most active on there, uh, at, at night And then uh, on Facebook, just uh, you can search at, at Night there as well. I'm sure it'll come right up. Uh, and then we just started an Instagram page, too, which is okay. kind of cool. So we're posting all these different kind of photos up with, you know, lyrics on them, you know, kind of. You know, draw some of the best lines of his career and throw them on like a pretty cool picture that they have there. Uh, but, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can definitely interact with me probably the most on uh, Twitter. That's where I uh, interact the most probably with a lot of people.
0: Good. Well, very nice. This has been a joy having you on. Uh, hang tight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if, while I do a little business, if you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, um, please send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter account at Set Listing Bruce, and I just created an Instagram. have a lot of pictures. Oh, did you? From, oh, yeah. Yes. So just added that. I got to um, uh, Stan Goldstein's tour of the Jersey Shore. He said he'll be on oh, the no. show. Yeah, that was really nice, going to the Holy Land. Um, and it also, we appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us. It really does help people find us. So uh, you've got two more shows this tour?
1: I got two more, Philadelphia, and then uh, and hopefully some more uh, in the very near future. <laughs> um,
0: you know, I hope for your sake and mine that he does a solo tour. Because I hope so too. I saw him I really on do. Devils and Dust, and it was a totally different experience. He talked a lot. He told a lot of right. stories. Um, I had, you know, a friend say it really felt like a college curriculum, like if you had a professor that's like, okay, we're going to do a Springsteen course, and you're sitting there and explaining it was amazing. So hopefully we're oh, gonna, I'm sure, yes. going to see, and I'm looking forward to the book, like all of us are, right?
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, later this month, about like yeah, about it's two, getting... two or three weeks now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to read that. I think I I think was a video out today that he said there's three separate books. Uh, I think he said that part three was like uh, himself today and where he's going to see it in the future. He said that was like by far the hardest thing to write because he said it would just flow easily about his history. So I'm kind of interested to read in the book three and, and see what he's thinking about today. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to read that. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you. We're going to end with, till someday they just cut it loose. Cut it loose or let it drag them down, where no one asks any question or looks too long in your face in the darkness on the edge of town.
1: There thank
0: you go. Then, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon.